So, Janice, aren't <laughs> I just like a big, old, fat, happy dog that licks people and doesn't get too upset about anything? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> DJ Simulationistas, what's up? With Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation. We're here live with Dan Raymer and Janice Palaganis, and we're going to be talking today about just a little bit about both of them, about how they got into simulation, their history with simulation, and some of their more fun stories from from simulation, and this is going to be a little bit of an intro to DJ Simulationista's sup. So I have here Dan. How's it, how's it going, Dan? How are you? Sup. Things are good. So Dan, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what's sort of your 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 background and your history with simulation? Yes. Well, uh, I'm one of the old men of simulation, I guess. Uh, I have been involved in simulation for the better part of my career, um, which is in getting close to being decades long, it feels like. Um, and uh, I started off doing uh, engineering, and my engineering was in control systems, which involves a lot of mathematical modeling. And so I spent a lot of my early part of my career doing mathematical modeling of drug uptake and distribution and uh, things like that. And uh, that kind of morphed into simulation as we now know it. So what are you, what are you up to now in simulation? Uh, well, I have uh, uh, cut back and uh, am 50% retired at the Center for Medical Simulation, as you know. Uh, and since you and I share an office, I, I was about to say uh, we should probably. Say I'm not for, there most of the time. We should probably say for our <laughs> listeners that Dan and Dan and I share an office. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, uh, so I continue to teach uh, courses. Um, these days, I sort of have my choice of uh, the more interesting courses. So I've been doing a lot of uh, operating room teamwork courses with intact. Uh, uh, surgical teams and have been, as usual, learning a lot, uh, a lot more than I probably teach. Um, so that's uh, been really fun. The other thing I've been working on, uh, uh, sort of as a sidelight, has been around the issue of simulation safety. So I wrote an editorial, uh, it has to be over a year ago now about uh, some of the hazards of simulation, some of the things that I believe most of us have not thought of very much, that, in fact, our simulation activities could, could be dangerous for either patients or practitioners or uh, um, bystanders. And uh, and that would seem a real shame to actually hurt someone in the course of doing simulation in the name of patient safety.
So hey, we're here now with Janice Pelaganis. Hey, so Janice, Hello, would you like to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh my gosh, what do you want to so know? I, I, <laughs> what part that, of me? That's true, actually, and maybe maybe we can cover a little bit of everything. We can talk a little bit about your history and simulation, <laughs> and then we can talk about Janice as a person too. If if Janice if simulation okay. Janice is not Janice Let's as a person, it. which of course she is. This is a scary episode. Because I'm in, I'm act, my voice episode. is actually involved for one thing, so that's scary. <laughs> so oh so um, yeah so let's let, like let, yeah tell us tell us simulation. tell our uh, listeners a little bit about your history with simulation first, and then we should talk about Janice as a person after that. All right, so I don't think my history with simulation is any different than most people in simulation in that. I don't think anybody predicts that they're going to be in simulation, especially because it's such a new field, at least in this age. Um, so for me, I, uh, I was getting my PhD and um, I was the acting chief nursing officer of a three hospital system. And um, we were going for magnet status. And they told us that um, if I wanted to stay in that position or apply for it eventually, that I needed to have my PhD. And uh, so I decided, okay, yeah, why not? Let's, let's do that. So I went back to my PhD and I, you know, I had this pager that would go off all the time because I was also over emergency and critical care services and then um, taking over some of the responsibility of our CNO who had left. And um, I, I was just way too busy. I could not study. I was getting paged all the time. And so my advisor, academic advisor had said, you know, why don't you look into this job at the university just for a couple years for you to finish your PhD? And it was a chief operations officer of a simulation center. And I was like, yeah, that, that might be good. I think I'd be able to study on the job and um, I can probably do some of my, you know, research on the job as well. So uh, why not? So I looked into it and uh, just fell in love with simulation and completely changed my concentration. I was looking at healthcare policy and uh, all of my concentration courses then became electives and I switched my topic to exploring healthcare simulation as a platform for interprofessional education, which only extended my PhD two more years than what I had planned. So I had two kids in that whole time I was getting my PhD and um, and so, yeah, that's how I stumbled into simulation. I, I mean, I had always been doing it. I was a, um, an, a clinical educator in the emergency department probably about eight years prior. And, um, and we used mannequins and we did a lot of simulations and kind of hallway simulations. And so I've always used it. I just didn't realize it was a field in itself. So let me ask a little bit about who uh, Janice Pelaganis, the person is. I know. Uh... I know from recent news, you and your, your husband just bought a CrossFit gym. Yes, we did. <laughs> we are <laughs> box owners. So in the CrossFit world, they call the gyms boxes. Yeah, it's been, it's been exciting. Definitely a, a life change for us. So um, yeah, on my off hours, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Which I, I know nothing about. So I, I literally can't have a conversation about it because it seems like a different language to me. You and you and one of our colleagues, Mary Faye, were talking about it in a meeting last week. And I was like, this, this isn't yeah. English. This isn't a language that I understand that's being used yeah. here. You know, well, there is something that I think you would understand, James, because, you know, you and I are charged with developing the 
a community of practice within uh, healthcare simulation or healthcare educators. And I think that's the value of CrossFit is it's a community of practice. Like everyone really goes there because of the community and watching everyone improve is uh, motivating. So in that regard, I think I actually think <laughs> no, you like you are uh, <laughs> severely misjudging my my uh, my distaste for uh, anaerobic exercise. So, or or really any kind of exercise. So, uh. So welcome back, everybody, for this segment of the podcast to get to know uh, Dr. D and Dr. J a little better. We're going to be playing a little game, and this game I am calling Know Your Simulationista. If it bears any resemblance to a trademarked game property of one of the major broadcast networks, that is a complete coincidence and has nothing to do with it. Let's get started with a few questions. So I've asked Dan and Janice to prepare what they think the other person will give as an answer to four questions each. They have not seen, I hope, the other person's questions. Is that is that correct, Dan and Janice? No, we have not. Did you I, cheat? I did not cheat. Okay. I never cheat. <laughs> I always win without cheating. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Mine were hard, though. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm gonna go back and forth. So I'll do I'll do one of your question one, and then the other one question one. One of you question two, then the other one question two. So we'll get some some even screen time. Sounds good. Okay. So wait, wait. So who gets the point? Like I would get you the know, point. <laughs> <laughs> so that that wasn't exactly clear to me in my game design here, and I admit that that's a small oversight. Uh, I realized that in the coincidentally trademarked version of this game that it may resemble the two people are on a team <laughs> and, and i had not right. i have not figured out how to so so you're 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 just getting you're just getting points in general you know you're getting you're getting karmic oh, points as okay. a team okay <laughs> we should do we should do versus jenny and robert that would be funny actually <laughs> yeah no no you're all right <laughs> all right so let's uh, let's start with a question for Janice. And so, uh-huh. uh, Janice, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a question, and then you're going to give an answer, and Dan's going to show uh, on a paper, and we'll read what he thought the answer you would give would be. Um, so the first question for you, Janice, is uh, Janice. Okay. If Dan was re- if Dan was reincarnated as a dog, what kind of dog would he be? <laughs> These are hard. Am I supposed to be writing or just saying? Just saying. Oh, I start writing. I think Dan would be a cocker spaniel. All right. And Dan, uh, what did you write down? <laughs> a newfie. <laughs> Newfoundland. So, so this is really funny because, because yesterday, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so Janice recently lost a, a pet. Uh, a cat that she had for a very long time had died, and so we started talking about pets at dinner, 
and we reviewed all the pets that we've owned in our whole lives. <laughs> and uh, my first pets were all Cocker Spaniels. That's uh, totally why I thought you would do that. But, yeah, but, but the one that was my favorite was my Newfoundland. <laughs> And uh, yeah. so she knew that. So she had two choices, and she failed yet again. You know what I should have <laughs> and, and my a cocker pulley. spaniels. My cocker I should have done the pulley. Were, no, I would never have picked that. That was my sister's dog. <laughs> is, that the, is that the mop dog? Yeah. The, one that looks yeah, like a mop? the dreadlock my, dog. Yeah, that's the, yeah, my sister yeah. Had, had the dreadlock dog. And it wasn't that nice a dog and didn't warm up to me, so... <laughs> Uh, um, well, they were guard dogs, no, I, so I don't think they're they're I don't think so, they were bred for niceness. So, Janice, like, <laughs> aren't I just like a big, old, fat, happy dog that licks people and doesn't get too upset about anything? <laughs> what are you saying? And, like and it's covered dog? in slobber. No, no, yeah. a Newfoundland, or like a no, no, like a, a pug, a Newfoundland. <laughs> So cocker spaniels are nervous and anxious, and they they dart around, and they 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 um uh you know they're afraid of their own shadow, and that's have, not me. Well, they have like wild hair and a lot of hair. Not if they're <laughs> properly groomed. <laughs> I mean, the the same is also true for Dan's. So, I mean, I mean, Newfoundlands have jowls. <laughs> You're more of a cocker spaniel. No, I'm much pitbull. More... No, no, the the it's the it's the um uh the the character of the dog and well, like, I'm, I'm not chill. going no because every dog I... is different. They they get categorized, but every dog is different. I was going off of like You've, looks and you find me a hyper nervous Newfoundland <laughs> and I'll give you uh uh all the puppies. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn into a uh um Doberman Pincher in a minute here and bite your head off. All right. Well I'm in that in, in that case let's move on let's move on to the next question. So this one is for Dan. All right, D Dan, uh your first question is if Janice could throw away one of your possessions, one thing that you own, what would she get rid of? It would probably be um, See how some, mine were hard. some article of clothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not right. Uh, my, my cell phone. All right, and Janice, what did you write? Oh, that wouldn't have been a bad one, like a, your old cell phone case. Your cell phone. Yeah, my cell phone. Case. You know, there's nothing that I would ask Dan to get rid of. <laughs> and I was going to write nothing. And then we always fight about this. <laughs> so Janice has written down the Aurora case, which is a case that we run at CMS. Um, and I'm inclined to agree <laughs> with that because that's also not my favorite. <laughs> and, and in fact, uh, uh, in the last week when I was in the course, I had to... Uh, participate in that case as a learner and it was just as unenjoyable to do as it is to watch <laughs> <laughs> i love the case just there are parts of it i'd like to throw out and uh we argue about it all the time <sighs> i see
we should talk about two things. We should talk about why is the show called DJ Simulationistas? Well, that's such a great question, James. I, I, I am frankly not sure. I believe that that was uh, uh, Janice's uh, brilliant idea. I think it comes from the fact that uh, my middle son is, in fact, a well-known hip-hop disc jockey. And uh, he produces uh, uh, albums, and he specializes in classic hip-hop. And so, uh, being a proud father, I often mention this. I've even bought his records. But being an old man from the 60s, that's not exactly my musical genre. (laughs) And so, uh, I have to kind of uh, scrunch my eyes up when I listen to it. Um, and try to ignore the fact that it's full of profanities and I don't really understand the music. <laughs> in, a, in any case, I do talk about him. And, uh, and in one context that I talk about him is in, uh, in our technique for debriefing where we use advocacy inquiry. The inquiry part people sometimes find difficult And so our adage is to keep the inquiry short and contentless. And so uh, at one point, I used the example of how my son talks to me, and he often uses his uh, hip-hop lingo, and he'll say to me, hey, Dad, sup? And I just thought that sup was a great open-ended uh, contentless way to ask a question, and so I started using it. And I think Janice, who has a background in hip hop as well, and is of the generation that appreciates the music, uh, <laughs> thinks she latched onto that and uh, and uh, made us DJ simulationistas. So. Okay, so DJ stands for our uh, the initials of our names. So Dan often plays a character as Dr. D uh, when we are running simulations. And, and so I've often referred to him as Dr. D. And my nickname is Jay. So uh, most of my friends, lots of colleagues at work call me Jay, J-A-E. And um, we were in a course in Singapore. And one of the closing comments from one of the participants was um, how much they appreciated their DJ because Dan and I were both teaching the course and he meant Dan and Janice. And, and it was just so perfect because Dan has a son who's a DJ uh, with whom we often uh, refer to in the course. And, um, and so it, it was just perfect with, with the fact that, he, you know, he had our, it was our initials, his son, and then also, I come from the hip-hop world, have lots of DJ friends, have worked with DJs because I used to be a hip-hop choreographer. And, um, and so DJ gave us that urban kind of flair that we were looking for. This is an awesome opportunity. That is a hard <laughs> uh, alliteration to say. For me to credit uh, our lovely theme and introduction music to DJ Skiz, uh, Zach Raymer, who is Dan's son. Yes. Lots of things should be credited to Dan's um, sons. His other son developed, people don't know this, had, um, this is kind of off tangent, but uh, the 
the symbol for the Society for Simulation Healthcare. I don't, you know, like I don't even know that thing. I've seen it. So there's like SSH and there's like an arrow and, and just the whole um, image mm-hmm. of that SSH logo his son developed <laughs> or created. And then also the um, simulation safety oh, label yeah. that's out there. His son also agreed. Yeah. So the funniest thing that I uh, that ever happened in simulation was very early on in the first or second year of doing simulation, uh, we had a day where we didn't have a course going on, and so I was doing some general maintenance in the facility, running back and forth in and out of the control room, and my uh, colleague Jeff Cooper, uh, who started our simulation program in 1993. Um, uh, this had to have been 1995 or six or something like that. Uh, he, he was constantly trying to introduce simulation to important people. Mm -hmm. So he invited over, uh, some of the nursing leadership from our hospital. And, uh, I looked into the control room as I was passing by through the one-way glass and saw these four women probably in their 40s or 50s, uh, uh, maybe 60s, uh, standing around talking with Jeff. And I paid little attention to it. I went about my business. And apparently, uh, Jeff got a phone call and he left the room. And I was in the control room now seated doing something. And I looked through the one-way glass and there were these four women and they were kind of giggling. And uh, they were standing around the mannequin. And then one of them uh, giggled and reached over and lifted up the patient's gown to see what was underneath there. And uh, I uh, had the presence of mind to immediately uh, uh, flip on the microphone uh, for the mannequin and said through the microphone, excuse me. <laughs> and the four of them screamed <laughs> and then just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> yes. Oh, so I have a similar story and it's always, you know, I think when I started in yeah. the field and, um, when I started, <laughs> when I started in the field, that was the way they made their mannequins. I feel like when I first entered the field, I was in the mm-hmm. pilot phase of mannequins. Like they, there are so many things that have been improved over the last, I'd say, decade. And and one of them was <laughs> genitalia. Yeah, very much, very much so. <laughs> okay, so so his so my I have a story that's exactly the same. Like they just they could not perfect it in a way where. Um, Anybody, if you were doing a tour or any student that came in, it was like the first <laughs> thing people would look at because it would just be sticking straight up. Which, 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 which is male, not how it male, would be in a know, surgical setting. I, I'd like to point out for those those not in the healthcare right. field, it's, that's not ta- that's not the standard. <laughs> talk about realism. Talk about realism. So my story similar in his in that it was it was literally like probably my first month working in healthcare simulation. And I was giving a tour to potential funders. 
And <laughs> and they go in and the whole time I'm talking, their eyes are just staring at this thing, just sticking straight up in the air. And I'm like, so I, I was just like, you know, this is really unavoidable. So so as we were exiting the room, we called our mannequin Sam. So as we were exiting the room, I was like, and I just really love Sam because he's always so happy to see me. And they <laughs> totally broke out in laughter. And James, I think that that one joke is what earned. I got $400,000 in funding. <laughs> I think that one joke won them. So uh, I, I do have that story, too. That's perfect, though. <laughs> yeah, you, I got you, you both have a funny story about dealing with mannequin genitalia. <laughs> Isn't That's... that awful? I have other yeah. stories that definitely <laughs> is similar. Yeah. I think it's it's unavoidable, Partic particularly when, you know, the mannequins are, are as high fidelity as they can be, or maybe not as high fidelity as they can be. But like, there's things about them that are not super high fidelity. And yeah. then all of a sudden you you've got these interchangeable high fidelity genitalia. It's like, it's, you know, oh gosh, so when, <laughs> when you know, <laughs> there was a company that just first started putting out their mannequins when I had started and we were, mm -hmm. you know, one of the first buyers of their mannequins. and. And we had simulated an exorcism. Like there was smoke coming out of the mannequin's <laughs> neck. And I mean, it was like, I was just waiting for his head to spin and we had to stop it immediately. And I mean, he didn't catch fire or anything, but we had to unplug him and all sorts of wonderful things. So. Had, had, to, had to announce that it was not a simulation. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, this, uh, this, this simulation today is meant to to discuss the uh, medical condition of spontaneous combustion, uh, a real thing that happens to people. Right. Oh, wait, I for, I'm forgetting that this is an audio medium and I was just shaking my head sarcastically, but you can't see that. So I should I should wrap that with that is not a thing that happens to people. No, Please, really, not healthier listeners. We were testing to see if they knew where the fire uh, extinguisher is. All right, let's go on to let's go on to question number two for Janice. Question number two for you is hopefully a little bit easier than the first one because it's a little more not random. The question is, what piece of feedback has Dan given you the most times? Um, to not be so cryptic. Hundred <laughs> percent. And Dan Dan has written down, "Don't be so cryptic." Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's and then that's, that's a perfect segue. That's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah that's, that that's happens perfect. probably once every hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so Dan, so the second cryptic, question man. for you is <laughs> the second question for you is what piece of feedback has Janice given you the most times, Dan? To involve her in research. Oh, frick. You are like, <laughs> you are a product of the recent CFA. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and, and not only did you say it to me recently. Uh, so this piece of feedback says, you worry too much. <laughs> I don't worry. I'm a Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave him the feedback yesterday. 
last night that he has not involved me in his research yet. And you said that you've asked me many, many times. Yes, that's true. And so it seemed obvious. Oh, I could have done this all last night. Like, I could have over dinner just <laughs> put in my answers. <laughs> It seems it seems like the uh, the interchangeable genitalia of the mannequin make for make for a good story. Yeah, that that forgetting to change the the gender has happened uh, quite a number of times. I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't probably doesn't always come up as an issue, but no, <laughs> when when it, when it does, it's a it's a brief surprise. Actually, there's a funny story uh, along those lines. The original mannequin that we had, uh, which was. Uh, uh, the precursor to the CAE company uh, mannequin um, had no genitalia. There was a big opening um, in uh, in the uh, in the genital area uh, where all the wires came out. Wow. And um, one of our faculty, uh, female faculty anesthesiologist, uh, was in charge of teaching medical students, and so she was quite. Uh, um, disappointed about the fidelity of the mannequin in many ways, and one day said to me, you know, it doesn't even have any genitalia, and, you know, how can you uh, expose these medical students to doing a proper exam if, you know, the mannequin doesn't have all of its equipment? And I said, uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of too bad. And she said, you know, you're an engineer, can't you do something about that? <laughs> And, uh, and I said, I don't know. And, uh, a little while later she came to me with this, uh, catalog and it was a catalog from a company that, uh, did training, um, uh, on sexual issues. And so she showed me the picture of a, uh, penis on a plastic stand that was used for instructing people about uh, using condoms. Okay. And, uh, and so she said, if I bought this, could you make it, you know, attach it to the mannequin somehow? And I said, well, sure, I'll, <laughs> I'll try. Um, and so she said, well, I have some uh, funds in my department. I'll order it and I'll bring it over to you to install. And I said, fine. So the next time I saw her, she came to me and she handed me this box and she said, I'm just so embarrassed. And I said, what happened? She said, well, the order came into the main office and the secretary <laughs> in my department's kind of a character. Uh, and she got this package and she opened it for me. And much to her surprise was this uh, penis on a stand. And so she... Uh, put it on her desk uh, with a big note with this clinician's name on it <laughs> and said for her and people came in and put lipstick on it and they just wrote notes and uh, uh, it became the big um, uh, big joke within her department <laughs> and we did manage to uh, attach it somewhat loosely to the mannequin in the end
all, all in the name of getting a high fidelity sim there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Question number three for Janice. Uh, what is Dan's most irritating habit? Ow. Which one do I pick? <laughs> <laughs> uh. I got to think about this. I have to think about this. Uh, talking about politics. All right, Dan, what, Dan, what did you write, Dan? Forgetting, Forgetting meetings. meetings. Yeah, would that have been anywhere on your list, Janice? I've gotten used to that. All right. Dan, question number three for you. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a fun one. Dan, when was the first time you and Janice met? Yeah, Dan. Um, <laughs> so it was at a uh, Society for Simulation and Healthcare meeting. And... Um, Janice just stood right out. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was amazing. Seriously? <laughs> See, he just, he's like just BSing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I think we first met at, at it must have been at a meeting. I don't know. All right, Janice, what did you write down for that? Can you just pick a meeting? Because mine's a specific... A specific meeting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan, I'm giving you a point for this because Janice's answer is, I don't know, London, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it wasn't was... London. <laughs> it, it wasn't. <laughs> London was another time. That we crossed paths. London we were... was like the third time we met. The first time we met was over Skype because I was about to go on this world tour to discuss accreditation and I needed to understand the politics with all the different um, countries. And Dan, at the time, you were in charge of some international committee or something weird like that. Like you were the international liaison. Uh-huh. And so... Um, <clears throat> I uh, I wanted the down low on everything, and Dan gave me all the like he gave me all the dirty laundry. It was fantastic. Really helped that trip. That was the first time we met. Well, but we didn't we weren't didn't physically meet. It was a phone conversation. It was Skype. I doubt it was Skype. It was at that Skype. Time. Are you kidding? No, really? it was Skype. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, question number four for uh, Janice. Janice, uh, if Dan had a superpower, what would his superpower be? Uh, there are two I could think of. I would say the first is, well, he's got this silence superpower. Like, he could be silent for a really long time and just be patient, which is a skill that I haven't seen anyone else be able to do as long as he can. The second would be... I would say reading minds, but I don't think that's right. All right, Dan, what did what did you write down? And Dan wrote down mind reading. 
Yeah. Okay. I'll, I I will award a point for that because <laughs> it was said out half, loud. Half a point. Half a half point. A point. That's half fair. a point. That's Even fair. though it's wrong. <laughs> I, it, it, the question was was actually if I had a superpower, what would it be? I don't have it. Oh. <laughs> okay. If you wanted a superpower, if I wanted a superpower, okay, that would different. be that would I be what I would mine, mine right. reading, yeah. All right. All right. All right. And uh number 4, uh so this is the last last question for Dan is Dan, uh who would you pick to play Janice in a movie of her life? Costello. <laughs> 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 I I I got of that Abbott, of <laughs> Abbott, Abbott and Costello. Costello. Yes. So so <laughs> yesterday after after our talk that we gave, uh, we Janice was saying, you know, our talk was really funny. There aren't any uh, you know duos that do stand up. And I, I said that's really I meant professional like professional gigs. comedy. You, we we got into professional comedy and um and I said, you know, you're right, it's really hard to think of a current one. Uh historically there's been all sorts of them and uh you know, really starting with Abbott and Costello when movies first uh had had sound. And she said Who's that? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then we went to, um, uh, yeah. I kind of went through the eras, thinking of people. George, George Burns, and Gracie Allen uh, were kind of the next pair that were hysterically mm -hmm. funny and were the funniest, you know, people of their time. And Janice <laughs> responded, "Who are they?" <laughs> no, no. After, I'm sure if I saw them. Because he started describing some, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. And then we got to the Smothers Brothers, and she said, oh, I, I've never heard of them. <laughs> no, I, I said just, I've heard of them. I after I, after I mentioned that they played the banjo, then you were like, oh, maybe I have seen them. <laughs> so. It's so interesting how we have such different perspectives. Well, Janice, I don't know if you've noticed, but I am uh, three decades older than you. <laughs> Is it three? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No wonder. I have a, I have three three decades of useless experience over you. <laughs> it, you're like, it's all recency effect for you. <laughs> yeah, because when you get old, you don't have any memory. <laughs> <laughs> Although was, you do usually have long-term memory, not short-term memory. I was so <laughs> sure you were going to get this. I'm ah, so the young girl who stars in Jane the Virgin. Who is named... Uh, is, that, uh, is that Gina Rodriguez? Is that, is that right? Yes, Gina Rodriguez. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so uh, last winter... Uh, we watched that whole series. My wife and I watched that whole series, um, uh, you know, back back to back, and you know, in a fairly short time. And every single time it came up, I I thought, oh my god, that is Janice Balaghan. That's really funny. <laughs> Thanks. It's a very funny show. Distinguish it. Oh, I should say, um, I'm I'm gonna say that you guys tied. 
<laughs> because it's like one and a half to two points, which I'm going to round up. <laughs> right. <laughs> The other thing I want to talk about, Dan, is I want to talk about what we're going to be discussing on DJ Simulationistas in the future. So what's going to happen on DJ Simulationistas? Well, I think we're uh, uh, determined to talk about um, hot topics in a fun way. So uh, periodically, really interesting uh, topics come up about uh, how to perform simulation, how to advance simulation. Um, some of the kind of interesting um, conundrums that we face. So things like, you know, what language do we use? Does it matter? Uh, how serious should we make simulation? And how do we use deception uh, as a helpful thing in simulation without violating the learner's uh, protected space? Um, issues of that sort, I think, are uh, going to be what we we certainly want to talk about, but always in a fun way. You know, so I think the show is really um, it captures a lot of the topics that we have at CMS that we believe uh, simulationists and healthcare educators should think about in their healthcare education, um, and kind of hot topics that people have been discussing and, and just our thoughts around it. Um, the goal is to bring in, because, you know, my passion is in interprofessional education. I, I, I feel like I have been fortunate to have lots of friends in very different areas of work and talking with them and relating it back to what we do in healthcare education has been so interesting for me. And I think the goal is to bring in topics that aren't exactly simulation, but to bring it to simulation and debriefing. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. And it, I mean, it's been amazing for, for me. You know, my, my background is not in healthcare. It's, it's an education. But to, so to come in and in the first couple of weeks that I was at CMS, to see the variety of people who come in for the courses, everyone from first responders and paramedics to nurses to physicians to nu nutritionists, nutritionists. And, and like personal assistants <laughs> and, and just like the rain patients Managers. people people who just like were interested in the course and are educators but don't have a healthcare background beyond having been you know sick it's just really fascinating to, mm -hmm. to learn that that's not the standard that that often people are very much uh, divided into just like this is this is my field of care and these are my sort of peers rather than like the the cross spectrum of people who they interact with on a day-to-day -day basis the learning that that isn't sort of the standard for education was very surprising to me um because i see how well it works with with the teams that we bring in so Thanks so much for listening. This has been DJ Simulationistas Live with Dr. Dan Raymer and Dr. Janice Palaganis. Um, this is James Lipshaw, and we are signing off from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.